Well, good morning or whatever time it is that you're listening to this. Welcome to Real World Podcast where Scott and Bobby tackle real issues in a real world, mending the gap between boomers and millennials. My name is Tyler. I'm your host. I'm here with Scott and Bobby. Morning. Good morning. How are you guys? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing good. Wonderful. And in case you were wondering, that tag that we always kind of talk about at the beginning, I guess it's not a tag if it's at the beginning, huh? But uh, we haven't really been talking about hot button, uh, like political stuff recently. Right. Uh, and that's really just been in the midst of all this COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. We decided to be less controversial and more um, unifying in this time. And so uh, we will be getting back to that stuff just at this at this point where we decided to go a little bit of a different direction so that's true and kind of the eight in me really wants to get back to that controversy <laughs> because i i do kind of enjoy that um uh, as i was just sharing with the guys i you know i really do learn so much um as we're doing this and i'm really enjoying these last few weeks where it's not controversial and we're just trying to share various things whether it's about the bible real world whatever um and we've been focusing on the fruits of the spirit and um today we're going to tackle the trinity (laughs) so i'm really excited about that because i think it's one of those areas that um there's just a lot of questions and um lack of clarity on all of that so hopefully we can um shed some light on that yeah how uh how are you guys doing right now? Um, doing well. Uh, getting ready to move my dad into my house. So you guys know mm. that you know we're buying a new house, but it's not going to be ready. It's supposed it's still on schedule the end of July that it should be built. We actually went and visited last Sunday night, so they the foundation is poured and the um oh goodness what's the word the framing framing thank you couldn't come up with framing the <laughs> framing you. is done they're well they're, it's not completely done but they're working on they're that. framing it so, up right now, yeah they're yeah. framing it up and so i mean we have the the frame of the house mm-hmm. and everything the sheer walls and everything are, are there um so that's kind of fun to walk through the house for the first time with the uh, with that and you know, um taking a lot of pictures so we know kind of what's behind the scenes which is really helpful for dad mm-hmm and, yeah, uh, so that when something goes wrong, he knows exactly right where to go, right where to go to fix it. Exactly, and to just kind of see the whole, um, you know, um, footprint. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of neat with you know on the property, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so so it's exciting. But we're also, you know, got my dad all packed up for the most part. He just has a little bit left. They're going to be moving um, the things that Brian's going to keep. So our youngest is going to stay in our current house and uh, run it with some friends and. So he's taking some of my dad's um, furniture and stuff and then uh, bringing that up tomorrow. And uh, anyway, he's going to be moving in in a couple of weeks. So that's going to be an adjustment for all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But, but it'll be good. It'll I don't be good. know about you guys or about any of our listeners out there, but I, I'm the, the whole uh, shelter in place stuff is starting to get old oh it totally old and i just <laughs> i want and again i you know what i'm not suggesting at all that we not exercise social distancing or any of that but to just be able to do simple things like go to a restaurant go shopping like i'm sorry i'm not a big walmart fan i just never have been i'm i much prefer target over walmart but i went to walmart yesterday because they have anyway it was right by um Jake and Joy's house and 
I needed to go pick up a few things and not just food. And so it was like refreshing to just be walking in Walmart. And Mm -hmm. and I felt almost (laughs) guilty in one hand. There was like 20 people in the store. There weren't very many people. So I felt very comfortable. Yeah. And I truly didn't walk like every hour or anything like that. I wasn't trying to do that, but it felt good to just kind of do that. I was different than, uh, well, you drove by Walmart yesterday and there was a line out and around the corner of people waiting to get in. Wow. Like they were only letting a certain amount and right. certain amount of people into it at right. the same time. Right. And they were probably uh, scanning people's temperatures as mm-hmm. they were entering. Are you serious? They're doing that? Yeah. I didn't know they were doing that. It's starting. They they didn't do that yesterday when I was in, and this was in Poway. And literally, I, I kid you not, there's like 20 people in the store. It's not a, it's not something that's mandatory yet. It's something that is currently, it's current practice at all hospitals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, is starting to be rolled out yeah. uh, at other um, other places where, like you know, any place where like there's a Walmart, large amount where of it's people. a large amount of people. You know, I was watching the news this morning, and they, they is it Georgia or one of the south southern Georgia states did, yeah. were opening opening up restaurants. Mm. And uh, I mean, they still have to follow social distancing guidelines, but mm-hmm. they did have somebody that was taking the temperature. Of yep. somebody, it was just like the scan. The, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And uh, before they could come in. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. The yeah. uh, like touchless thermometers. Yes, yes. Yeah. it'll mm-hmm. start to. You'll, we'll start to see that a lot more and more as we start to unroll the economy back out. That there's going to be those types of regulations on mm-hmm. on most places for sure. So We're I have going to unroll the economy. Yep, unroll it. Oh my goodness, this so, is news to me. So I have an idea for an invention as a result of COVID-19. I'm going to share it with you guys. After I, don't want, I don't want to reveal that on here because oh. you guys could become millionaires so as a result it's a, of it. It's a legit idea. It's a, no, seriously, it's a legit idea. <laughs> that you want us to do. I do. Do you but want I'm, any kind of a founder's fee or... No, if you guys okay. can benefit from it, awesome. Like, seriously. What's a founder's fee? Like, why are you just <laughs> butchering words today? <laughs> it's a fee for someone who founded something. <laughs> Maybe an inventor's? Yeah. yeah. A royalty. A royalty. A finder's <laughs> fee is a thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. I love but it, a founder's Scott, fee you. is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> rotten tomato, awesome. rotten potato. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's Mm. get into our core conversation today. Like Bobby mentioned, we're going to be uh, talking about uh, the Trinity, um, which uh, is one of the the more uh, difficult, uh, difficult subjects to really, I think, tackle with any sort of authority. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think every every pastor, every theologian, uh, no matter what they uh, no matter how fervently they might believe what they believe, still struggles with explaining it to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, why don't we uh, just start off by talking about what the Trinity is, uh, like what that concept is, and why it matters uh, for our faith as Christians. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing. It's kind of... Um there's a couple of words that are big in Christianity that aren't ever found in the Bible. Uh, and Trinity is one of them. Um, another one is rapture. Uh, and so, uh, but the Trinity, the ideas are found in scripture, but that word itself is, is, is not found in scripture. And so 
the the concept of the Trinity is that God is one God, but there's also three persons in that one God. Uh, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so uh, Trinity is triunity, so three in one. Um, and so uh, that's kind of like the concept behind um, what the Trinity is. And uh, you you kind of brought up uh, that this was a topic that you really wanted us to do. Um, do you have what, – what was your reasoning behind wanting to kind of tackle this one? Well, I think, um, you know, we have – we have people in our family from different faiths. Um, we have some that are Catholic, some that are Mormon, and most are somewhere in the evangelical uh, realm, such as us. And I just know growing up, there was always a lack of clarity about Jesus being God. And then, you know, or Jesus as the son of God mm-hmm. and what all of that means. And of course, as we've been talking over the last couple podcasts about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I mean, I feel pretty confident in understanding what it is, at least from my um, perspective. But I do think it's an area that um, is confusing and difficult Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to talk about it so that yeah to just co- maybe if we could somehow clarify it um, could be helpful. Yeah, so uh, there are some basic beliefs that we hold as Christian that are fundamentally core to um, the Christian faith whereas if you if you don't believe these things, you're not Christian. Um, one is that there's only one God. And so if you believe that there's more than one God, you're, you're not Christian. The, the Bible very clearly states there's, there's only one God. Um, and then you have confusing things in scripture. Um, for example, in the, in the very beginning, uh, God says, let us make man in their image and uses a plural. Um, and so God's speaking from a plural state. And so, uh, we have hints of this throughout the old Testament. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the spirit was hovering over the waters um, and so we have mentions of, of the Father and the Spirit in the very beginning. And then we see a recreation of this passage a little bit in the beginning of John, where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And uh, so we, we really see all three people, persons of the Trinity in the creation story. And the Word became flesh? Yep. Right. So it's, it, it continues on in John 1 there. Yeah. Says the word became flesh. Of course, that was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have this idea that there's there's more than one God, or <laughs> we don't have this idea. We have, uh, this is where I'm, I'm trying to be very careful not to say anything that's like wrong. Uh, there's only one God. And then throughout scripture, we also see uh, very clearly that the Father is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and Jesus, the Son, is God. And so we, the, the Trinity then is this, um, all these ideas coming together, like, okay, then what is God? If he's one and he's father and son and Holy Spirit, how does this make sense? And Trinity is kind of where we land. Um, and so we talked a little bit about this uh, before we started recording. Some people have tried to explain it using different uh, metaphors 
Um, and I don't think there's a perfect metaphor out there for what the Trinity is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, mom, did you want to share sure. the one that you guys talked about? I have a couple of them that, that my friend Judy shared with me a long time ago. And it really, it really kind of helped me understand it. And um, the one that I really like the best is the, the states of water. So you have, you know, H2O as water as we drink a glass of water. So we have the liquid version. We have ice as the frozen version. And then we have steam as it um, heats up. So, so we have ice, liquid water, water, and, and steam. And so it's all the same entity, mm-hmm. the same uh, state, or the same, not state, they're three different states, but one substance. Yeah. Okay, it's all H2O. And um, so I think that is one way to maybe understand mm. the Father, Son, and Spirit. Three persons, but one one God. Of uh, one essence, but one a different. Essence, yeah. Yes, essence is a good way to do it. Another, uh, I've heard of past, peasant, past, present, future, which in terms of time. So it seems that the Lord has... Um, done this in a variety of forms, like with three. So I don't know if there's other ones that that you know, but those are the two that kind of have stuck with me is just past, present, future, and so the states of time, and then also the um, water. Yeah, I, I, so for me, um, one, of, one of what I think is one of the stronger arguments for the Trinity, uh, not that we're arguing that, Trinity or not Trinity, mm-hmm. um, but we have we find in in the New Testament. I forget. I think it's First uh, John. Uh, God is love, right? Is that First John? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, four First four. John four yep. verses seven yep. and eight. I there's so many Johns that sometimes <laughs> I lose track. Uh, so God is love, right? Sorry, I zoned out for a second. And you looked at me, and I was like, <laughs> "What are you talking to me?" Yeah, uh, they know better than to look at God me. is God is love. <laughs> And love only exists in a relationship, right? You can't just have love if it's just you. Like, that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And God is love is a definitive, always has been type of definition. And so for God to be love before he created other beings, there would have had to have been other other beings or other persons to have a relationship and be love with. And so for God to have been love before he created angels in humanity, there would have had to have been other relationships still in order for him to be love at that point. And so um, it's just another support of uh, father, son, Holy spirit, all being God, all being eternally past and uh, forever going forward, uh, existing in perfect relationship with each other uh, as an example uh, of relationship for us. Uh, I think it's important to uh, talk about how, not just how they're all God and the same, but how they're different um, because they are different persons and have different, perhaps mm-hmm. you could say roles mm-hmm. in uh, what they do. And um, we have the father uh, who uh, we call him that because he told us to call him that. And so uh this isn't um, like us saying, oh, God is like a father. This was God saying, I'm like your father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we see then the father and the son, their relationship is what a perfect like father-son relationship would be kind of like, aside from the fact that 
the sun isn't um, created or um, produced from the father. Uh, it, it's, it's such a complicated thing. Cause we talk about passages says like the only begotten son, um, which isn't a literal, like came, came from um, it's, <laughs> it's a very uh, complicated uh, subject to talk about, but um, you can see their relationship in the terms, the father and the son. Uh, in the Holy Spirit. And so we have the father who is kind of like the, um, the head of the household, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is uh, the, the, the end all be all. And then you have the son who does the will of the father, who um, be, it becomes flesh, who, whose role was to come and be the savior and to um, reveal the father to humanity and, uh, and then you have the Holy Spirit who is the one who lives within us and enables us to do all things. Um, we also don't talk about this a lot that uh, Jesus in his uh, ministry on earth wasn't acting out of his own deity or power, but was acting out of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the same Holy Spirit that enabled Jesus to do the things that he did also lives within us. Um, and so, yeah, we have three different persons of the Godhead that all kind of do different things in our lives. So we typically pray to the father through the spirit in the name of Jesus. And so they're all in prayer. They're all involved with everything we do, but they're, they're a little different. Um, and so there's ideas and we're not going to get super into this, but there's this thing called modalism where we attribute something that one of the persons of the Godhead did to another. So if I said the Holy spirit died on the cross, like that's not what happened. That's incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I said the father died on the cross, that's, that's called modalism and it's not true. Mm. <clears throat> I never heard of that before. And, uh, so, uh, we, it happens a lot when, when people pray, mm. like people pray and they ask, they, they thank the father for dying on the cross. They mm. think, uh, you know, Hadn't thought about. I just hadn't thought about that yeah. before. Yeah. Okay. And it's 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 one of those things where probably in most instances it's not a huge deal, and it's mm-hmm. unintentional. Uh-huh. Right. Right. But it's just something that we do sometimes, and in some cases in past um, um, church history, it has led to bad theology. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, for me, um, just in practical in a practical sense. Um, when I think of the three different persons, um, within our triune God, okay, I do think of father, the son and the spirit differently, you know, in that when I think of the father, I used to tell dad, you know, when we were uh, doing, uh, when we were going to Calvary chapel, I just remember, um, I was trying to draw a distinction because before that we'd gone to the Catholic church and, and I was, um, you know, it's so different going to a service at a Catholic church and going to like an evangelical. And I used to say that I felt like when we went to the Catholic church, we were worshiping God the Father. Mm. But when we were going to like an evangelical, mm-hmm. we were worshiping Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that different denominations do have a tendency to, to focus, focus on, on. But that, it wasn't even yeah. that. I just, it was like how it felt. Like how, you know, it's like there's such reverence in the Catholic church and all of the. The liturgy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so 
I, I, I don't know. It just never felt very lighthearted. And I think about when um, my mother and my mother-in-law died in uh, November of 2015, my mother and my mother-in-law died nine days apart, both unexpected, you know, one here, one in Pennsylvania. It was just a really crazy time. And so we had two funerals. Scott, you were there, right? Mm-hmm. And so we had a celebration of life for my mom here in, in California. It was so uplifting. I had non-believers uh, that I used to work with uh, that came to me and just said they'd never been to a service like that. It was just so awesome. And you guys were both involved in that. And, and it was just such an uplifting experience. And then we went to my mother-in-law's funeral um, that was Catholic, and I felt like she, they kept killing her over and over again because there were so many different s- steps of um, or stages of the process, and it was so hard. Mm. You know, it was just, yeah. So I just kind of felt like, again, same thing. It's just like a different, um, I don't know, a different feel to it. So when I think about the... Um, you know, the, the three different persons, I do think about them differently. And then when I think about the Holy Spirit, it's just, just coming alongside us mm-hmm. as we walk, right? In, in, our daily, in our daily walk, just being there and, and, you know, just talking to him and just, you know, the, the, the ongoing conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate that the church focuses um dramatically more on the father and the son and almost nothing on the holy spirit i would agree Um, (laughs) i would agree and i think focusing on the father and the son are good things like the whole the spirit one of the spirit's main purposes in us is to reveal the father and to reveal jesus to us Mm -hmm. um but the spirit is who we interact with most in our day-to-day lives and he's probably the the person of the Trinity that we know the least about Mm -hmm. and we um, ignore the most, I think like we don't think of him. Mm -hmm. We think of Jesus. We think of the father. We don't think of the Holy spirit. And just how um, alive he is within us and how, if we just, you know, call out to him, how he's right there to help us Mm -hmm. with whatever we're doing. Well, and the spirit is so great. Um, he, we even see in Romans that even when we don't know what to pray, the spirit yes. um, prays for us mm-hmm. It, it uh, with groanings uh, too deep to bear. Um, and so the spirit is always uh, working within us to try to make us more like Jesus. And he's always um, trying to reveal himself and Jesus and the father to us in our day-to-day lives. And, um, that's why I think it's so important for us as believers, as we talked about in uh, a few of the more recent um, uh, episodes that we invite, not just we invite the Holy spirit into relationship with us. He's already enacting that and enabling that and wanting that, but that we kind of invite ourselves into that relationship as well. Like, Hey, like the Holy spirit, like acknowledging the spirit is here. He wants relationship with me. How do I now go and engage in that relationship with the Holy spirit then? Absolutely. So I have a question for you guys. Um, And I think one of the areas or one of the reasons why there is confusion is because there are different references to Jesus in the New Testament Mm -hmm. specifically. 
And one, of course, a big one is referred to as the son of God. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, kind of implying like he's separate. Yeah. And so maybe you could expound upon that. Well, yeah. I mean, this is a little bit cheap, but I think it's there's some legitimacy to it. The son of a duck is a duck. Uh, the son of a man is a man. And w- one of the things that uh, that our gospel writers and, and that Paul is, is letting us know is that, that by saying Jesus is the son of God, uh, that they, they are saying he is God. There, there's also a lot of prophecy surrounding that, that mm-hmm. that's a title. Yeah. The son of God is a title that mm-hmm. would be used right. for the Messiah, for the promise. And not just the Messiah. There are old Testament people that are called son of God. Uh, David is referenced as son of God a couple times. Um, and so son of God is a title of who God is like using essentially at, in, in that time. And, and so it has, it has multiple meanings behind it. Uh, a more important title of Jesus. Um, well, and specifically son of God, uh, the angels are described as Sons, sons of, of God. God. Yeah. And so the that's that's one of the as we talk about the Trinities, we talk about different denominations having trouble with that. That's mm-hmm. one of the problems that uh comes up with um uh you know, a particular faith is uh Jehovah's Witness, uh that teach that Jesus was not God. Right. And in their translation of scripture, the definite article the is not there to describe Jesus. It's not the son of God. It's a son of God. They use the indefinite article when they mm. translate a, mm. uh, and so that's how they, they draw that theological distinction that Jesus was an angel. Uh, and so son of God is in and of itself a little innocuous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I would encourage, so there's another title that Jesus gives himself um, and it's son of man. Right. And it's not used to describe anyone else. Um, and almost every single time Jesus calls himself son of man, he then defines himself. He says some kind of a definitive thing surrounding that statement and tells us what the son of man is. And so I would say as you're reading through the gospels and you're seeing Jesus talk with people and you, and you read him say son of man, pay attention to that part of scripture and see what he says about himself in that, in that part, because it's very definitive to who he is. Because he isn't just son of God. He's son of God, son of man, Messiah. Um, and so... Emmanuel. It, yeah, it's it's hard for us. Uh, we have just established his, the son. Like, that's just what we call him. Mm-hmm. But he's more than than the son. He's, uh, he's a lot of things. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot there. But um, I think also when we're talking about the Trinity... Uh, we see a very clear passage of scripture in the great commission with all three uh, people of the, of the, of the Trinity. We have go therefore into all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the father, the right. son and the Holy spirit. Um, and so we, in, in this single passage, see all three people of, of the Trinity in, in one place. Well, and we, we see that a couple of times we see it uh, one uh, in the baptism of Jesus Mm-hmm. Uh, we see it too in uh, the Great Commission that you just mentioned, where it's it's listed: mm-hmm. uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We also see all three persons of the Trinity uh, at the same time in the same place in creation. 
Mm-hmm. Which is uh, what we talked about earlier with the spirit hovering over the waters. Spirit hovering over the waters and God spoke. And we know that the word of God is Jesus. Um, and, you know, I think that, uh, I, th- I think that, you know, one of the best we had talked about, you know, ways to understand uh, what the Trinity is. And I think one of the best ways is to uh, think through how, uh, how the Israelites knew God. Uh, we think sometimes as Christians, we think a little arrogantly that like, oh, we have the monopoly on the Trinity. Mm. Uh, but, you know, our, our, our God is, is the same God that, that the Jews have, have followed and worshipped, that, that God chose them thousands of years ago. And uh, one of the most important uh, passages of, of Scripture for Jews is, it's called the Shema, and they say it to each other all the time. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this word Echad in Hebrew is very rarely used throughout all the Old Testament. But one of the few places it's used is to describe the curtain, the same curtain that Jesus tore, uh, or that was torn when Jesus uh, died, when he when he finally died on the cross, the curtain in the in the temple in the tabernacle was torn, and that curtain uh, we we know is uh, two pieces of fabric that are sewn together, and so they call that curtain ichad. When when God gives the 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 command for how the tabernacle and how eventually the temple were to be built, there was this curtain in the middle of it, and this curtain was two pieces of fabric sewn together, and, and they describe that as ichad. And so hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, the Lord is Ichad. It's two things that are one. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's one curtain. It's two mm-hmm. pieces of fabric, but it's mm-hmm. one curtain. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how that's how Jews know who God is as being multiple persons, but one person, one God. Uh, and so I think that we see the Trinity not just in the Old Testament, but throughout all the Old Testament, throughout uh, the whole of scripture. Uh, and so understanding what the Trinity is, understanding who some of these parts of the Trinity are, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, like we've talked about before, or like we've already talked about, how should this impact our lives? That's a great question. Do you want to go first or me? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's important uh, for us to kind of going back to kind of what we talked about is knowing who it is we worship, I think is important, uh, that he is, um, bigger than we know. And he is, um, more complicated than, than we understand. And, uh, it, it can kind of one create an essence of like, I'm never going to understand fully. Um, but having a, a trust and faith in that he is more powerful and more mighty and he is someone who we can put our trust and faith in. Um, I, th- I think that's a big, a big part of it. Um, cause if I don't want to worship something I can understand, if, if I can wrap up my entire brain around who he is, that means he can fit in there and that's not good. And so he's bigger than, than my mind. He's bigger than, than what I can conceive. Um, so that's important for us to, to realize. Um, but secondly, I think it's important for us to, we talked a little bit about this, um, understanding th- 
the individual person's works in our lives, um, that the spirit's goal is to make us like Jesus. And so know that Jesus is our model, that Jesus was trying to point us to the father and reveals the father to us. And so a lot of times we see, like we, we think of the father, old Testament, angry God. Um, and then we see Jesus come on the scene and then we kind of describe him as weak, like hippie Jesus. And we know that they are still one and the same, that they're, they're not different, but that Jesus comes and reveals the heart of the father. And so we see continuity now in, uh, the heart of what, what God was doing in the old Testament continued into the person of Jesus. And now we have the spirit now making us into the likeness of Jesus. And so we have the father who is ultimately who we're trying to, um, be in the presence of that's one of the major themes of scripture is God wanting to dwell amongst uh, the people. Um, and then we have Jesus who finally comes and dwells amongst the people. And then we have the spirit who now dwells inside the people. And so um, it's, uh, it's just really cool when you start to like, just see some of those overarching themes of scripture actually happening within our lives. Um, and so leaning on the power of the spirit to make us like Jesus, uh, we, we talk about Romans eight twenty eight a lot as believers that God uh, works everything together for good for those who love him and are called according to its purpose. And we don't talk a ton about the next verse, which is that um, ultimately that purpose, uh, that, that good that he is enabling in us is to make us like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so um, when bad things happen in life, it's not that something good as we see as good is going to happen out of it. It's that through those things, we will become more like Jesus. Yeah. When I, when I think about it, like um, collectively, I think about, okay, during the old Testament times, um, God, the father was trying to have a relationship with people and, you know, Mm -hmm. he gave us free will to choose him. And, of course, there were some that chose to follow him and some that chose not to. And I would say so many more chose not to. So that's why he had to send. I mean, they had this plan in the very beginning. They were all together in the very beginning, and we know that they put this plan together. So so Jesus was going to come and live among us so that perhaps being here firsthand, we could witness who he is, that we would choose him that we would choose God and then um, recognizing that um, he had to take it one step further and die on the cross for us and then send the Holy Spirit to, to come alongside us. So it's like this whole time, whether it was during Old Testament times, during New Testament times, or now, the whole objective is the free will for us to choose him and to glorify him. It's not about us. It's about him. And sometimes as we were talking in, you know, in our last podcast and how um, we were talking about gentleness and how often we uh, make it about ourselves. It's like, it's always about the Lord, you know, and, and it's so easy to take the focus um off of him and put it on ourselves. And, and that's just not what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's important um, that we talk about the relationship side of things is that ultimately God created humanity for relationship. 
And so we have this idea of God being with the people in the very beginning of scripture. Uh, God created Adam and Eve and he walked with them. Right. And then um, God, then after they sin, they fall, God promises a deliverer. Um, and then he has a chosen people who his goal for Israel was to draw all nations to himself through Israel. Israel didn't really fulfill what they were supposed to do. Um, and so Jesus kind of comes on the scene as like a new Israel, essentially, um, fulfilling what the nation of Israel should have done in the past mm -hmm. of bringing people to God. And so, uh, Jesus through his sacrifice brings all, all nations to himself. And, um, and so we have now Jesus showing up on the scene once again, dwelling amongst the people. And, uh, then Jesus leaves and he says something important when he leaves, he says, I'm, it's important for me to leave. It's good for you that I leave because I send someone better, uh, a helper to you. And that's what we know as the Holy spirit. And so now, uh, Jesus was one man that could only be in one place at one time. Um, and so there's only so many people that could get around him and be in his presence. Right. But now as believers, we have the Holy spirit that lives within all of us. And so we have, Amen. we have, um, God's presence within us. And so, it's, it's part of this kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the presence of God. And so Jesus shows up on scene. He's healing people. And uh, the, you have these Pharisees who come in and say, you're casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub. And uh, Jesus says, uh, you need to be careful what you're saying because if I cast this person out in the name of the Father and he leaves, it's because the kingdom of God is here. And uh, the kingdom, it, it's one of, this kingdom of God is something it's, um, one of my professors in, in uh, seminary used to call it the already, but not yet. It's something that has started, but it isn't finished yet. It's not completely here. And it's the kingdom of God, which is the presence of God. And it's the Holy spirit now living within us. And so, uh, the presence of God amongst the people is one of the biggest themes in scripture. And we see it in, in the Holy spirit, uh, living within us. Hmm. Um, I mean, I do think it's a challenging concept and, and frankly, I don't recall, over my 58 years, almost 59, um, having heard a message on this, it, it, it doesn't seem to be something that ever gets like really focused on in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely heard messages on the Trinity. Um, but part of what makes the Trinity, the Trinity is that it can't be fully comprehended. True. And so, um, I think that's important. Like that's a big aspect of, of the Trinity is that we can understand parts of it. Like we understand some of the concepts of it, but mm -hmm. we don't, we can't fully grasp it. Sure. But I guess, you know, kind of my MO in life is to try to, um, and maybe that's why I'm a challenger. It's kind of like, uh, to keep pushing, mm -hmm. to kind of keep learning to, you know, it's kind of like, there's gotta be a way there's gotta, you know? And so I, that to me, isn't a reason to not, you know, um, preach about it. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like, I understand that there's, that it's very confusing. That's why I wanted to talk about it because I know that there's confusion in my own family about it. Um, but I think it's important that we talk about things that, that are confusing. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this whole podcast too, is not just millennial versus boomer, but it's to kind of like talk about real issues in the real world. And I think, I think it is an issue that, that people don't know who God is. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a real, it, there's real confusion out there. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of facets to it. One, I would say 
and this is the case for um, hopefully, uh, I mean, in an ideal world, all all pastors, but we know that's not the case, but that pastors preach on what the Spirit leads them to preach on. Um, and so it's not just us choosing topics, but it's through prayer that the Spirit reveals what the, the body needs to hear. And so um, I would say that if uh, the Spirit really wanted uh, that to be preached, he would lay those things on the hearts of pastors. Um, and I, I have heard it preached. Um, and I think it's important for us to just see the Trinity in all parts of scripture. And so I think we can mm-hmm. preach on passages that aren't about the Trinity mm-hmm. and reveal the Trinity inside those things, mm-hmm. um, and how we, how we see them interacting and those types of things. And so, um, because ultimately, all all these passages are are pointing us to our once again our our fallenness and our relationship with Jesus and our need our need for a savior. And so, um, if there are messages that don't talk about those things, uh, I would say they're probably not great messages. If they're just informational mm-hmm. and they're not something that urges us into the relational, then then we're missing the point. And so, uh, I mean, I'm a high five. I love learning things. I love. Um, teaching things. And I also just, and this is actually probably another part of this scenario is that fives don't like talking about things that they're not certain on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And with there being a large amount of fives as pastors Mm. um, that get really into learning and seminary and all these things uh, to have an idea like the Trinity is something that they can't fully grasp. It's intimidating to them Mm. and they don't, want to reveal themselves as someone who might not have all the answers or might not know. Right. And so it is, I think, I think it can be a subject that high five unhealthy pastors can shy away from because they're not going to be able to fully explain it in a way that people will understand. And well, and, and I think it's not even so much that, that maybe they don't uh, wrap their heads around it, but it, it's, it's also a little bit of talking about the Trinity, especially in church is a little bit like, um, is a little bit like pulling the pin on a grenade, handing it to a child and hoping that they don't let go of the, of the arm, um, of the grenade. Like it, it, it just has a, it, it's too easy to misunderstand. It's too easy to, from our misunderstanding, develop unhealthy, uh, perspectives of who God is, uh, to, and, uh, to misuse that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do appreciate what you guys are saying, um, but for the reasons that you said as a five, you wouldn't want to do it, for me as an eight, is the reason I want to do it. It's like, bring it on. I mean, I want to tackle it, you know, because I want to try to learn as much as I can. But I I think that's a good analogy, you know, that for some people, they just don't have the will or the desire or really or just the, the understanding. Yeah, yeah. The, the foundation foundation well, is really a good way I, to put it. And another big facet to it is the, um, extreme, um, um, importance on the role of the leader of the church to, to teach true things and to treat, teach right things that the weight of the doctrine of the church is on that leader. Mm-hmm. And so to speak on things that you might not know about and say, maybe you say something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, like the weight of that bad theology that now these other people are adopting is on something that you have said. Sure. And so there, there does need to be caution on, mm-hmm. 
learn what you're going to talk about and make sure everything you're saying is true. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jesus even says, like teachers will be judged I'm, harsher. I was just going to say that you're going to be judged hard, harsher. So yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, what, uh, I mean, I think that we've kind of mm-hmm. like talked about some of these things, but in a nutshell, uh, w- what do we need to, uh, what do we need to really take away from this? Um, you know, understanding better who uh, the Trinity is uh, and that the Trinity, all three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are God. Um, what what should we take away from this uh, into uh, into our daily life, just in a sentence? Yeah, the, the biggest thing for me is what we talked about, that all three of them desire to be amongst the people. They desire a relationship with us. Uh, the father wanted to be in a relationship with us. The son came and was in a relationship with us. And now the spirit lives within us and wants to be in a relationship with us. And so uh, as a continuing theme of the last four or so episodes, like invite relationship with God into your life, with the Holy Spirit, invite him. And he will continue to reveal himself to you. And you will get to know him better through relationship and not just hearing someone else talk about it. And, you know, and I would agree with that, and I would say invite the, the Holy Spirit in and ask him to reveal all three persons um, within the Bible as you're reading the Word to help you better understand that that concept. Because it, it is a challenging one, um, but I think if we rely on the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to us in, in that uh, regard, that, that we'll know. Well, uh, that I think is going to do it for us. If you uh, have any questions about this topic uh, or, or if there's something that you'd like us to spend some time talking about, uh, we'd love for you to shoot us an email at hello at realworldpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the Real World Pod. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and, and for tuning in with us during this time. Know that we, uh, we're, we're praying for you and uh, we hope that this uh, episode finds you well and gives you some, uh, not only some knowledge, but some encouragement to continue to uh, grow uh, in your faith and in your knowledge of God. Uh, and uh, yeah, Scott, Bobby, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much. It's always Thanks such a wonderful time here. Mm, love you guys. Love you too. Love you too. See you guys.